0: Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Trox race. As part of a race overview series, where we go over all the possible player races. And right now, we're on the Sherry 4 races. Christian Trox, before we even begin describing them, the big factor about these guys is that they are the first large creature. We've seen small ones. We've seen medium ones. These guys are large.
1: And they are legitimate large. They have a 10-foot space, and they have, importantly, a 10-foot reach right off the bat. So these guys, they got a lot going for them, just by factor of being large.
0: So let's describe them. This hulking juggernaut has two massively muscled arms and a group of four smaller ones that jut from under its ribcage. Trocs were once members of a much smaller and more docile race of subterranean burrowers, but were long ago enslaved by the Durgar and bred into useful brutes. Eventually, several clans of Trocs were able to escape their slavers and reach the surface world, though they found the creatures above were just as eager to enslave them. Most Trocs still live a life of servitude. A free Trox tends to be loyal to its true friends and inquisitive, though it can harbor deep grudges and resentments. This is something that you've really got to look at the picture. The image in the book is super awesome. They have this sort of like bone chitin, you know, sticking out of them. It looks like you can really see a lot of their like uh, muscle fiber sort of appearances. They uh, they just look really, really cool in my humble opinion. They've got like these big sort of pincer uh, on the side of their mouths. I really like the visual aesthetics of this PC race. So sort of insect-like. I gotta say, I don't picture these guys being slaves to anybody.
1: Yeah, I would find it difficult to enslave someone with a strength score starting in the teens and having (laughs) a 10-foot reach.
0: Yeah, definitely. I also don't. I don't know. I'm not sure if Paisa knows how breeding works. I don't think you can take two Chihuahuas and then make a German Shepherd. I don't think you can increase size category by breeding.
1: Pretty awesome. We have giant Chihuahuas running around, though. <laughs>
0: okay, Caleb strongly disagrees. I hate Chihuahuas. I think they're yeah because annoying, they're small, they I want to kick them like a like a football through a field goal. Try
1: kicking a giant Chihuahua. They'll take over. You can't stop them. <laughs> Would you rather fight a thousand
0: giant (laughs) chihuahua-sized? But why don't we get into uh, the statistics of these guys? These guys uh, are very strong, but they can be dim, unreceptive, and inhospitable. They have a plus six to their strength, a minus two to their intelligence, a minus two to wisdom, and a minus two to charisma.
1: So that bounces out to a net zero. They are the epitome of big and dumb and strong. This is like the quintessential big, dumb, strong stat spread. Mm -hmm. Um, It bounces out to a zero, but I think it tips over in their favor because a plus six to strength is absolutely ludicrous.
0: You want to hear something kind of crazy?
1: No. These guys are...
0: (laughs) At least you're honest. Um, they, these guys are 28 RP, or at least they were at the uh, Advanced Race Guide book, but they only had a plus four to their strength then. For whatever reason, when Paizo was reconsidering whether or not these guys are
1: good enough uh what did to, to balance them they decided to give them a plus two i'm a little i'm unsure as to how exactly this works but i think just by factor them being large we have to consider the fact that they should technically probably have a minus two to dexterity and they don't Lar- i believe when you get the spell in large person cast on you when you go up a size category typically what happens is that you get a plus two to strength and a minus two to dex to represent that. Um, the fact that these people don't have a negative to decks, I feel like, is a point in their favor. Just by being large, that's typically something that comes with that territory.
0: You mentioned large, so why don't we talk about what that looks like? Because we haven't really ever seen that, so we, I think we should explain how exactly that affects your stats. A large creature gets a minus one size penalty to their AC and a minus four penalty on stealth checks. And they get a plus one bonus on combat maneuver checks and a combat maneuver defense.
1: So the exact opposite of being small. Yes, Despite being large, they have a base speed of 30 feet. And trucks specifically are monstrous humanoids, which is, I think, the first one we've seen of that as well. Yep, could be important for ranger favorite enemy. Typically, you have to take, like, subtype Venera to get favorite enemy against other PCs. But this one falls neatly into another group of enemies you would take favorite enemy with.
0: Right, and that's a popular one because there's a lot of beasts that have monstrous humanoid.
1: Uh, trox starts with one language, and that language is Terran, uh, the Earth Elemental language. A trox with a high intelligence score can choose from the following. Common, Dwarven, Giant, Orc, and Undercommon. All makes sense. Yeah, so on top of already being dumb, um, they have to spend at least one skill point or bump their intelligence enough that they should probably want to speak common if you are actually going to play this PC.
0: So if I start with a minus two intelligence, if I put two points, I get a plus zero. I'm still not learning in language though, right? I need to actually bump that up to a plus one. They have a burrow speed. They get a burrow speed of 20 feet. Uh, That's super cool.
1: That is insanely good. Burrow, that's like having a fly speed. Uh, arguably better, and obviously, in certain circumstances, but that's crazy.
0: And when you think of burrow, you obviously think of going through the ground. Does that mean they can also go through walls as long as they're 15 feet?
1: Well, let's read the exact definition of burrow. A creature with a burrow speed can tunnel through dirt, but not through rock. Uh. Creatures cannot charge or run while burrowing. Most burrowing creatures do not leave behind tunnels other creatures can use.
0: I picture like his little arms going at it.
1: But yeah, I, I still find burrow to be like I don't ever see PCs use it because it's not a common thing to get. But uh, in combat, out of combat, implications of burrow are very high in use. Um, it's for being like something that's supposed to be dumb. You can be very, very creative with burrow. Definitely get into some flanking positions without opening yourself up to attacks of opportunity. And you have reach, so you can like snag people through the sand. Trox have frenzy. Once per day, when a Trox takes damage, it flies into a frenzy for one minute, gaining plus two racial bonus to constitution and strength, but a minus two penalty to AC. I'm confused. Do you choose to do this? That was my same thought. So I took out the words once per day and just started. When a
0: Trox takes damage, it flies into a frenzy for one minute, gaining plus two racial bonus to constitution and strength, but a minus two penalty to AC. This can only happen once per day. I think if you rephrase it that way, it makes sense to me that it happens the first time you take damage. But I think it's very easy to talk to your GM and say, it seems pretty open. Can I pick when I, when I do this? And since it's <laughs> only once per day, as a GM, I would absolutely let my players choose when they wanted this.
1: But I mean, it's it's essentially rage once per day with the stipulation you have to get hit first, which being a large creature probably isn't going to be too hard. Your AC isn't great. Mm-hmm. I mean, already having a 16 strength, uh, you now bring it up to 18 Without ever putting a point in strength, you are one of the strongest (laughs) things ever.
0: Just give him a hammer and let him go to town. They also have grabbing appendages. A troc's smaller arms are useful for little more than aiding grappling. Troc's gain improved grapple as a bonus feat and can maintain a grapple and still make
1: attacks with their main arms. That's very cool. Yeah, I really like that one. I think that's, like, wholly unique. I've never seen anything else like that. It's like
0: Goro grabbing at you and then just pounding you in the face with his other two arms. This is, um... This is very interesting. This is a very different take on a multi-armed PC race. Last week we saw the Kasatha, and those guys had four arms, but it was a very different flavor. They sort of could use them here. You're only really using them for grappling. I mean, combat-wise. I think out of combat, you can use them in any, all sorts of ways, and I would appreciate, you know, role-playing with having those four extra arms. That, that sounds like a, it's, it's a, A strong opportunity for role-playing and letting yourself get into character. But really, I mean, they are coming out of the gate swinging. When they're picking a large-sized PC race, they're not trying to bounce. Oh, you're kind of just the giant, and it's very bland, which I think we would have levied that on them. They made it very unique. But by doing so, they did make him very powerful.
1: So can you actually not use your little smaller arms for anything else? Like you can't hold a drink in them, you can't knit a sweater, like can I only use them for grappling? I interpret it as only in combat can you use them for grappling. You
0: can't even really use them. They they don't have the dexterity to reach around behind you and grab out stuff from your backpack. But out of combat, I would absolutely roleplay and let any of my players who are playing this race roleplay as you can use those for holding a drink and stuff like that. That only makes sense to me.
1: I mean, you, you got to knit your own sweaters because no one's making six-arm sweaters at, like, the right spot for all your weird arms. And with six arms, bro, you are just a knitting machine. Little known
0: fact, most trocs are knitters. That's <laughs> their profession. They just love them some sweaters.
1: Now, a lot of the same things that goes for Kasatha that we said last episode goes for the Trox and having multiple arms and that. There's just a lot of cool stuff you can do with multiple arms not as much for the Kasatha because we lose a lot of the mechanical bonuses, but you still have a lot of the RP potential of having multiple arms.
0: I think they did a good job of taking this guy and not just being like, I'm big, dumb, brute. As much as the stats say that, with the flavor, they made them sort of intelligent, inquisitive creatures that knew enough to run away. And now they're in the surface world and they make friends pretty easily,
1: even though they look like monsters. Yeah, like I said earlier, like despite the fact that they're supposed to be dumb and that they have a minus all these mental scores, both burrow and even having multiple appendages really reward a clever thinker very heavily. I'd love to see somebody who said I'm just
0: gonna dump strength down to zero, use those uh, point score things to increase my stuff and make myself a caster. Can you picture a Trox who who has freaking six arms to cast with? Though <laughs> so I'm sure technically you couldn't use them.
1: I mean, even even the uh, stat block they give in the bestiary they they immediately go trox barbarian um and it's a terrifying Mm. cr2 creature because before power attack or anything it's doing 2d6 plus 7 so you better watch out it's got 25 strength Mm. and improved grapple and it's got reach man this thing would be as frightening at low levels i would say at low levels this thing is absolutely busted and you know gms can work with a lot but man would it be hard not to make this just eat things alive until like level three or four Mm -hmm.
0: if my players were all wizards And I had one guy that was a fighter. I might consider letting him be a Trox because sometimes I think the fighter can, you know, sort of fall behind and and underperform compared to people who are very good at playing casters and making the most out of casters. Because then maybe you could keep up a little bit more being this sort of super buff fighter
1: or barbarian or martial character, I should say. An interesting idea. Yeah, them and Kasatha would be a good idea to let a martial character take that if they wanted to keep up in power level. As much as they could with casters, mm-hmm. and of course we have to consider: what if we had a whole party of trocs? Would that be an interesting thing to do? Would that be uh, conductive to their racial bonuses? Uh, I think an all trox party would be absolutely hilarious. More than anything else,
0: and it might be fun to to some throw some higher level stuff at a. If I find myself constantly being like, I need to tone this encounter down, I'm going to crush my players. You might be able to do it a little more, but do be careful. Your AC is still, you know, on on the same level as it would be with any other sort of creature. But their strength is going to be, they're going to be hitting most things. So I like them, Christian. I think they're interesting. I think they're very, very powerful, though. And I'd have big reservations about letting my players play them. They definitely talk to me about it. And I have to consider everyone else's roles. But if everything does align, I would allow a player to to use this guy. And I think it's a good representation. It's it's very interesting and unique. And it's a fun way to represent a large creature instead of just, oh, he's a half-ogre.
1: Yeah, don't roll up to your um, Pathfinder Society with a Trox character rolled up. I don't think they'll let that fly.
0: No, I don't think so. But they do look really, 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 really cool. Man, I will give it that. They look super cool. They look like they could go toe-to-toe with an Earth Elemental and be like, come at me, bro. Hey, guess what? I got Bro's B2. Take that. Next is the Worwood Race. We're going to be dealing with another small race, Christian, but you know what's very unique about these guys? They're constructs. Dun, dun, dun! A construct player race. We'll see how that works out in our next episode. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at network. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just cooking up some burgers and having cookout,
1: getting ready to set off some fireworks. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing
0: games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers?
1: Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1.
0: It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen.
1: You can listen to Trailblazers on this very feed. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen.
0: So go ahead, get yourself a hot dog off the grill, set up a lawn chair, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, light them up! Man, it's so hard to believe that back in 1996
1: we managed to defeat all those aliens. Caleb, hey, are you are you talking about the movie Independence Day? You know that wasn't a documentary, right? <laughs> oh you always
0: making jokes. <sighs> hey, Andrew, you want to play some D&D tonight? No. I, I can't. You're not real. None of this is real. Real.
1: Real. Real. Real.
0: Real. 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. Talesfromthelich.com.